2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: League championship series in Major League Baseball. It's a baseball fan's dream to have these games going on all day long, every single day. No days off as they're playing in the bubble in California and Texas. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitchell, Joe Pia, We're going to get you updated on all of the news and injuries in the NFL. Of course, the latest on Dalvin Cook, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, and some of the other players that you may own in fantasy football. But Joe, of course, we'll start off with a little baseball here on the show today. Uh, we've kind of started the eulogy here a little bit on the 2020 Astros <laughs> season. I guess the bigger question is, is are we going to be doing that with the Dodgers after today? Because it's a super important game for them to win. I don't
4: know how they can come back down to 3-0. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of eulogies, too, I mean, you just kind of touched on it. You glanced the blow a little bit. But let's see if we can land it. Is this the, uh, the end or the closing of the window for the Astros, period? Springer's a free agent. Altuve Good can't base. throw the ball at first base. Verlander is out for the year next year. Granky doesn't look healthy right now. I mean, I can continue to pile on, but I'll stop here. Is this probably it here for the Astros? Are they gonna go out with a whimper here?
3: It's possible. It is definitely possible. I don't see any scenario where they trade Bregman, but I think definitely. anybody else is in play. I think anybody else is in play for them. The only thing that that gives me a little pause on that is the is Urkady. And and Valdez both pitched well and so, and, and mm-hmm. Christian Javier. So maybe they look at it and say, you know what, with a spring training and a minor league season, maybe we can hold off a year. But Correa will be a, a free agent soon. Altuve's career has been fantastic, MVPs and all that. But he's on the back nine of his career. You mentioned Verlander. Greinke's on the back nine, too. Uh, They're going to have a big decision to make in the offseason. Maybe they go for it one more time. That'd be my guess. They take one more year to to try and give it a shot. Honestly, maybe what they do is they just tag uh, Correa at the end of next year and and just, you know, get a draft pick for him and go for it one more year. That's you know, mm-hmm. because they don't have
4: draft picks. Yeah, Correa is the interesting maybe. piece because Correa is that one, I think, if you're another organization looking and saying, okay, you, know, you could take a shot on this guy and see because he's still so young. I mean, how many guys could be out there with that kind of talent at that age? And I understand he's been disappointing and I understand he's missed time. I get all that. Believe me, I do. I've had enough fantasy shares to be reminded time and time again of all the disappointing moments in Carlos Correa's career. But at the same time, there's not a lot of guys floating around 26-year-old shortstops who have number one overall pick pedigree that another organization could look at and say, hmm, if this guy could just stay healthy, we could get this guy right. That's the trade chip to me. Like, that's the guy that could bring you back something significant from another organization. Well,
3: well, actually, it's actually the opposite of that. As luck would have it against Correa, Trevor Story, and Lindor are also free agents after this year, too. So, I mean, a team could potentially take their pick of the three, and so if the Astros are going to do something like that, they were gonna, they're were they going to have to do it in December. I don't think that they could wait because then again, if if you're looking at it, all three, I mean, I know that you like Correa a lot. I did, but among those three guys that I just mentioned to you, he's third for me, man. Like he, oh, he's, no, I, I def-
4: no, he's third for me in that grouping, without a doubt. I just wonder for the teams that maybe are looking at it, the smaller market teams that have prospects, don't have cash, Correa becomes a really interesting asset because a lot of teams can't compete with certain teams for the dot. For you know, you can't compete with certain organizations that have huge amounts of money for a guy like Correa or Trevor Story, those are game changing guys. But Correa is kind of that tier down, but from an age perspective, he's right there. And I just kind of wonder, like, oh, you're willing to give up a prospect or two, get him that one year, and like you said, or maybe sign him to an extension off the good year. I mean, you take that, it's a, it's a risk because you're losing the prospect. But I also wonder if it's a risk that the Astros are willing to take too, because they're down prospects this last two drafts. I think happen. so. I, I
3: think, uh, look, my guess is is that they keep him, they don't sign him, and then at the end of the year, they, they give him the, the one-year tag yeah, and they pick. offer him the $20 million, and then he says no, he leaves, they get the first-round pick, and then at that point, it's a teardown, I think. I, I, mm-hmm. That's a guess, though. I, I, that's, I'm just totally spitting. No, I,
4: I, I, I think it's a very likely guess. It's a likely scenario, <laughs> without a doubt. I think they got to try one more year.
3: Okay, um, let's go to the headlines here. Braves and Dodgers will face off Game 3 of the National League Championship Series. Julio Urias starts for L.A. The Rays can get to the World Series if they beat the Astros tonight. That is not an easy task, and you know the game will be close. So we'll check out that game this evening. The Saints are talking about uh, moving their games to LSU because they're allowing home games at LSU and we'll just have to keep you updated on that one. Uh, Alex Smith is now the favorite over on FanDuel for Comeback Player of the Year, as he should be. I'm a little scared for him, honestly, based on the way that I saw him play last week. I, I just don't know that this is in any anybody's best interest to have him play four quarters in a game, but it's a great story right now for sure. And and then Melvin Gordon was, uh, was arrested, unfortunately, uh, and charged with a DUI, and now the report is coming in that he was going 71 and a 35. So we'll just have to
4: see what happens
3: there but 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 that's robbie anderson fast (laughs) i don't i don't want to make any accusations without due diligence and due process and all this but like is this this is this the year to do this no it's never the year
4: to do it's never the year to do this it's never the year to get duis it's never the year to break the law never Um, But let's end on some fun because this is kind of morbid. I put a poll out yesterday, and it's just about to end. It's got a couple hundred votes on it. Uh, What's going to be the greater number this year? Le'Veon Bell teams played for or Jets wins? What's the higher number?
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today, it is Wednesday. It's a big week on the waiver wire. As always, before you get any of your injury information, you're tuned into the right place, because Dr. David Chow is with us once again at ProFootballDoc on Twitter, ProFootballDoc.com. You can read his column each and every week on OutKick. Dr. Chow, great to be with you here on this Wednesday. How's your week going so far?
0: Uh, hectic, busy, uh, different football week, right? With the, the different games.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Tuesday night football, Monday night football. But of course, we're already looking toward Sunday football. And I think first and foremost, Dr. Chow, uh, the injury to Dalvin Cook, I think, is the one that's on everybody's mind at this point. Uh, Could you explain, first of all, what this injury is and what your estimation will be for him? Because as you know, the backup to Cook uh, in Madison is an extremely valuable commodity in fantasy.
0: No question. And Dalvin Cook in-game suffered a left adductor groin strain. Yes, it was on the same leg as his 2018 ACL tear. Yes, it's the same leg as the 2019 hamstring issue that lingered for a little bit. But no, there's no direct relationship. He even tried to return to the game one play, limped on a play-action pass, and then stood on the sidelines. I was hopeful that he could avoid a three-week IR stint. And it seems like that is the case right now. So the hope is, we we knew he's going to miss time. I mean, he's not playing in week six. But week seven, assuming we don't get a pandemic COVID schedule change, week seven is the Vikings bye. And so week eight, I think it looks promising right now for Dalvin Cook.
3: All right. Well, uh, good news for Cook owners. And, uh, you know, on the flip side, good news for Madison owners, too. They're going to get a week from him, it looks like this week, against the Falcons. So uh, speaking of which, Dr. Chow, we've seen so many changes with Atlanta this past week. The coach is out. The general manager is out. But most importantly, the receiver was out this past week in Julio Jones. Do you think that he returns to the field? And Dr. Chow... You know, it's interesting, the dynamic as far as injuries are concerned. The Falcons look like they're playing toward 2021. Is there any injury risk with putting Julio Jones back on the field? Which way do you think they go this week?
0: Well, first of all, you're right. Um, There's a lot of things that factor into return to play, more than just the medical injury itself. Uh, And for Julio Jones, that was the case, and that will be the case going forward. Look... He played in that week four contest because they were 0-3 against Green Bay. He didn't finish the first half. He re-injured it. It was all coach speak to say he was a game-time decision for week five. He wasn't. He wasn't going to play, and we talked about it. And uh, you don't, like, not finish a game for the same injury, make it worse, and then come back the next week. I think he's got another week of rest coming. Quite honestly, I mean, maybe this coming week is a true game time decision because he wants to try and play and because mathematically the Falcons aren't out of it. But I think that it's at best 50-50 this week, not last week. Last week it wasn't happening. This week maybe, but I still lean towards no. Because as you say, you know, they're basically... You know they're <laughs> they got they're behind the eight ball right now.
3: Yeah, that, that's that's putting it mildly, Doctor Chow. Um, okay, so uh, when we used to talk about Julio Jones on the field a few years ago, it was basically him being the best receiver in football, and then right behind him was A.J. Green, if not second, maybe third. Boy, Doctor Chow, this has been a really disappointing at the very least, it looks like finish to his Bengals career. I guess the question that I would have for you is that watching him on the sideline last week, sitting on that bench, and by himself, he's been a non-factor in all the games that he has played essentially this year. Is there any reason to hold on to him in fantasy football? Do you think he can still play in the NFL?
0: Well, physically, I think he can still play i don't think the ankle issue coming into the year was an issue at all he could have played at the end of last year with the ankle but of course the bengals didn't have anything to play for except to get joe burrow and uh so it's been a very disappointing 2020 season and now with the hamstring but you know he didn't get the contract that he wanted uh, which, in some ways, he should be motivated, right? Because he's playing for it now. But, you know, after that one pick, uh, there's a lot of people who comment on the video. What was he doing? There was a lot of lack of effort. He jogged along with the DB instead of trying to tackle him and now is out with a hamstring. Look, clearly. Julio Jones wanted to play through a hamstring when he was still hurt. Clearly, Devontae Adams was close to trying to play through a hamstring, but I think the team, the Packers, shut him down. And by the way, Devontae Adams will be back this week. But Julio Jones, I mean, the question has to be asked, and I don't know, sorry, on A.J. Green, the the question has to be asked, if he's 90%, is he trying to play or is he shutting it down? It's just a question. And I think it's a fair question. So from a talent perspective, if you have A.J. Green, unless you've got a lot of other options, I don't see how you get rid of him. But from a week-to-week perspective, I think he needs to be put in timeout on your bench for a little bit Yeah, and then see what happens.
3: Yeah, no, it's really interesting because usually receivers don't go from that high to that low uh, so quickly. I mean, Randy Moss and Andre Johnson. I mean, these guys kept playing until the end, and and Marvin Harrison playing at a high level. Green's drop off has been, uh, you know, pretty precipitous for sure. Okay, well, Dr. Chow, we we know we're not going to see. Dak Prescott for the remainder of this year, but I I think it's important for us to have you on the show and talk about his injury and just how long potentially this could be, because certainly we have viewers that are in dynasty leagues and keeper leagues and they wonder, in week one of 2021, should I even be concerned that Dak Prescott couldn't take the field?
0: Well, I, have as we talked, I started a real fantasy participation this year with the Scott Fish stuff, I'm not in Dynasty, but if I start one and any of your viewers want to trade me Dak Prescott, I'll take him. I mean, I think he will be there week one and ready to go. Of course, the powers that be are greater than me on whether he will be with the Cowboys or not, but I think he will not be 100% ready to go in March when the Cowboys need to make the decision on whether refranchising him or extending him. But even if they don't, Another team's going to snap him up, and I, I, I think he's going to trend well enough where he's still going to command big dollars, even though he won't be 100% in March.
3: Yeah, no, it's certainly interesting. Uh, one more quarterback question, and then I like uh, giving the floor to you to just comment on anyone that you may want to. Uh, but as, as far as Sam Darnold is concerned, I think that from our perspective – Uh, Dr. Chow, we want to feast against the Jets right now with whoever they're playing against because their offense has been almost last in every category. We know Darnold is going to play at a higher level than uh, than Flacco is. Is there any chance we see Darnold? Uh,
0: I do think there's a chance you see Darnold this week. It's up to the team, right? I mean, how much practice will he have? He could have played last week, but not practiced much. And the team said they were going to shut him down. So Darnold is a possibility. But, you know, his wide receiver core, I mean, uh, for Darnold or Flacco, I mean, Hogan with the high ankle now, there's a lot of things going on there with with the Jets uh, beyond just deciding to play Darnold or not.
3: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so as we close it out, uh, did I miss anyone important? Any updates? Well, let let me
0: give you this one thing to Mm -hmm. to your fantasy viewers here. First of all, of course, go to profootballdoc.com. If you're trying to decide between which wide receiver to play, go to the field view injury index and see what past defense is banged up, where the quarterbacks are. Ba- if it's a tie, break that tie with the defense in know. terms of your mind. Uh, and the signups are all free at ProFootballDoc.com. And if you want to get fancy, you go to my teams under play. You can search a player if you want. But if you go to my teams, you can enter. Your team in there and go to one page and get all the information that you want. But the final thing is this year for your listeners, you see a lot of illnesses in midweek practice reports. Do not freak out about that. That is not code word or hiding COVID. The reason why in the you see a lot more illnesses this year, whether it's the regular flu or a cold or a stomach bug, Is because in the past, these guys would be allowed into the building, and they would be practicing in some way, shape, or form. So you never saw them on the injury report. But now with the COVID protocols, if you have a fever or any illness, even if you test negative, you are precautionarily sent home. So you're not at practice. So then you get the DNP, and they have to label it. And so they label it illness. These are not COVID people. These are precautions. And that's why you see a lot of illnesses pop up now around the league. So don't freak out when your player pops up DNP with an illness or DNP Thursday or Friday with an illness. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just they had to put a designation because they got sent home.
3: All right. There he is, Dr. Chow, at Pro Football Doc. We'll talk to you next week, Doc. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
3: Doubleheader in the Major League Baseball postseason, we've got the National League Championship Series starting at 6.05 Eastern, followed by the American League Championship Series at 8.40 Eastern. So here is our preview of those games right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. And of course, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can bet on either of these games today. So let's show you some odds the Los Angeles Dodgers a very big prohibitive favorite today to make the series 2-1. They will have Julio Urías on the mound today. He was not supposed to start clearly, but of course with Clayton Kershaw on the shelf for the time being, he is getting that start. For the Braves, it's basically time at this Joe to start doubting their starting uh, stop doubting their starting pitcher because every single time that whoever throws is pitching like seven or eight shutout innings, it just keeps happening for them. And tonight it's Kyle Wright who 2 years ago looked like the Braves best pitching prospect. Did not look like that when he came up. Did not look like that this year. Ian Anderson, I think, probably went ahead of him a little bit. Bryce Wilson was also thought to be maybe better than Kyle Wright as well. Now, all of a sudden, Kyle Wright has put himself into the position of starting the biggest game of his life tonight in Game 3.
4: Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I mean, Kyle Wright... Kyle Wright, actually, uh, you know, for me, that last start was incredible. And then you look at the last couple games here. I was trying to pull up the game log, too, to take a look at him, too. He's got four in a row, six innings. You go six innings in these playoff games right now, that's practically a W automatically for the team.
3: Yeah, he's definitely pitched well. And now all of a sudden, if you look at 2021 for the Braves, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here a little okay. bit, but provided that Michael Soroka is able to come back and be healthy and be their number one, Ian Anderson, their number two, Kyle Wright, their number three. That's a pretty good start for, uh, for the yep. Braves, I think, going into this thing. And I forgot about Max Freed. He's actually their number one. I should have mentioned him first. Uh, right. So Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright.
4: Soroka, this is what you expected. If you were the Braves, this is what you were expecting a couple of years ago when you heard all the news of these guys coming here, they were going to, you know, take over and be the, that young group of starting pitchers, the, the uh, Glavin Smoltz 2.0 kind of thing, which is, uh, you know, that's way too much expectation to put on anybody ever. I uh, you know if you get three hall of famers as this group. If you get one, you should be thrilled, but I still think, and I, I said it last year, I know Cole Hamels was supposed to be that guy, but I still think having some kind of veteran presence in that rotation would be very beneficial for them over the long haul. But, Look, so far the kids are getting it done. The kids are all right, and I would definitely be very optimistic about the future of this rotation. Hopefully, Soroka will be able to rebound from the injury. But hey, Freed, Soroka, Kyle Wright—like Kyle Wright, ironically, was pretty high up there. He was ahead of some of these guys a couple years ago. Oh, he stumbled, and I, and I know he, yeah, and I know he had a five ERA in the regular season. But you know what? He's turning it on when it counts here down the stretch. And you know what? Six straight, uh, four straight games with six innings—that's no joke, right there.
3: Yeah, it was not good in 2019 either, so I didn't really see this coming here. Uh, last night, interesting note after the game, of course, the Braves were up very big in this one yesterday, and the Dodgers stormed all the way back and scored, I think I believe it was five or six runs in the ninth inning to make it very close. They even had a runner on third potentially to tie the game up. And then in the post game, when Mark Melanson was answering questions to the media, he took an interesting question about whether or not basically the team should be satisfied with winning game two.
0: Mark, can you look at this as? Uh, yeah, you guys almost blew the entire league, but can you look at it as? Hey, we survived, and that's all the play, postseason's is about. You showed something there in the end by, you know, against a team like that. I mean, you're up two zero now. However, you got there. I don't. I mean, can you take a positive out of it, even though you blew most of that lead? You still. Play? We we didn't blow a lead. I don't. I don't really understand your question. Can you still take something positive out of this? You're still up 2-0 in the series despite, you know, blowing a big lead. Can you leave this thing feeling, you know, good that you survived this game? I think that's a terrible question. I'm not even going to answer it. <laughs> All right.
3: So uh, that's what went down <laughs> yesterday. And, and remember, there's a couple of things for, before we go any further. Number one, it is not easy to ask questions to to professional athletes and think that, in the spur of the moment, that you're gonna be able to come through in that way. I have a lot of experience doing it. It is not that easy to do. Uh, In the Zoom rooms, you basically hit that you wanna ask a question and then your hand gets raised and then you ask that question. But being a reporter, it's not that easy. And it is difficult to be able to uh, illustrate what you wanna say and make sure that you're asking the proper question. And I get all that. But, But, that being said, I don't know how the Braves could be any higher than on cloud nine right now. They're up 2-0 on the Dodgers. Like what in the world? Like what? what I mean, ha, well, I, I, I mean, mean, I
4: think I, we all understand the inference. He was inferring that hey, that was shaky, almost blew it, but hey, a save is a save, right? So you still feel good right. about it. I, I get that, but like that's not the question necessarily that that guy is going to take well. And and if you phrase it as you know, almost blow the lead, and he goes, "Well, we didn't blow the lead." Well, he's right. He's got you there. So you kind of put your you know this, this kind of reminds me of uh, the Bryce Harper. That's a clown question, bro. Like that's one of my all time favorite things. The clown question. I just can't get enough of it.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, but I, I'm a big Mark for Bryce Harper. But look, can we have more audio like that? More moments like that? Because that was that was gold. I love that. That was a fantastic moment there with Mark Belitz. And the, my favorite part with the eyes moving before while he was processing the question, going. Uh, we won the game and look, you know, it's all about phrasing. I guess at the end of the day, the phrasing wasn't what it should have been. Mark Melanson took it the other way and then kind of took it and ran with it. But, uh, good for Mark Melanson, you know, shaky save is still a save nonetheless.
3: Yeah. I I mean, I just think in that spot, how much, how much happier can the Braves be? Like they won. Like, I I don't, I don't know. Are you Are you concerned that the team came all the way back and that you won? Uh, no, not really. We're up two zero on the Dodgers. <laughs>
4: no, on the Dodgers, the, the, the primitive favorites were up two zero. Yeah, that feels pretty good right now, Bob or or Dave or whoever. <laughs> like you know, it feels pretty good yeah. right now. Gotta
3: tell you, very, very. Uh, you're right. The beginning part of the question was the correct question. But then the double down part of the question was like going the other way around it. Like, are you are you sure you're okay with this? It's like we win the World Series. Are you worried about? Are you worried about uh, the fact that it was a very close game after you won the World Series? You know, I don't know. Yeah, we got to really take a closer look at that. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, but... <laughs> in in defense, it is it is not that easy to do. No, I, do I understand. The sure. And you Has feel anybody the ever dogged
4: and- you out like that? Uh, on a big stage oh yeah like this year. year
3: this year i asked this year. yeah this year I, I asked uh you know and, and they got mad at me too the marlins did a little bit i asked Corey when they played the rays when the marlins played the rays i asked about i asked Corey dickerson uh i i said does that kind of show you like how much better that the rays are than you guys to come in here and sweep and i mean you played for that team the Corey, right you played for that team mm-hmm. so you know you kind of know and I guess this just kind of shows, like, on the outside looking in, there were some people that said that, you know, that team's up here and your team down there. Do you think that that's what that says? And he just, like, got
4: all mad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just once I'd like to see somebody ask the question, like, you know, somebody goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, why are you bad at baseball today? Let me just ask that question one time. I'd just love to see that. You know, I, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, could you imagine, like, you know, people getting interviewed after a failure? I mean, that that's not an easy spot for any human It's not being. easy on both like, sides. Just think about it at work, right? Like, right on this show, you you, I say a name wrong. You you say someone's on a buy and they're not, right? And after, have to say, so uh, do you not know the schedule, Craig? Like, I mean, that, that's tough. It's like, hey, I made a mistake or, hey, I wasn't as good today. We're all human beings at the end of the day. But it doesn't make it less amusing. This is still very amusing. Right. I enjoy no, no,
3: it. Doesn't. And, and, I, and I watch, look, just for full transparency, the, the way that these video clips and audio clips are getting on the show is I'm watching them all after the games. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to pick out the best ones for the show. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's part of what I like doing. I like to hear from the guys after the game. I've been doing this all year long. It's not something I've ever done before because they were never always available. And so now mm-hmm. they are because all of the Zoom chats. And, and believe me, some some are very interesting. Like Mets Zooms are very good. <laughs> of course <laughs> they're, they the are. <laughs> they're, and the Yankees, they are they are pounding the coaches and players. Mm-hmm. And then in the ones that I'm in, the Marlins, it's like sometimes they lose and you don't even know because they're like asking, you know, sometimes the questions are like, oh, it's okay, buddy. It's all right. So well, anyway.
4: Well, it's New York media is a different animal, you know. Definitely so. Definitely so.
3: All right, let's preview the American League 840 Eastern. The Rays are minus 148 against Houston, and so they will close this out today if they can. Tyler Glass now will start for the Rays. Of course, he was one of the heroes in their series against the Yankees. Zach Renke makes the start. The Rays lead 3-0. Carlos Correa last night after the game discussed just how efficient the Rays have been both offensively and defensively. They, they, they play baseball the right way. They play hard. They run the ball hard. They play great defense and they pitch, man. And, uh, you know, that's that's a recipe to winning championships. That's the recipe of winning games. And uh, when, you're, when your defense is that solid for three games in a row with their pitching staff, man, good things are going to happen. And, and that's what they've been doing. They're, they're winning the games by by the way they're playing on the field. You know, the defensive play that they made, they're a great place all around in key spots, in big spots. Um you know, they're making they're making the plays that are making them win ballgames. And this is one of those cliches, Joe, that they say that you just tip your cap to the other team. I think that's all Houston has to do at this point. I don't think they have to be ashamed of anything. They've hung in there. Yeah. The Rays are just better. That's it. You tip hey, your cap the Rays just beat
4: the Yankees. The Rays just beat the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's beat Garrett Cole in a game five. I mean, what, what more do you want here? It's okay. It's okay to lose to the Rays, guys. It's okay. I know the payroll is small, but you know what? The win total is big, and they did win the East last time I checked.
3: Yeah. Uh, Also, Zach Renke who will start today, did his media session yesterday and was asked about not playing in front of fans this year and whether or not he likes it. Uh,
0: I mean, because then there's no one trying to talk to you and asking for autographs and wanting pictures and all that stuff. So I I don't like any of that stuff. So uh, it's nice not having that for me. Most people like it. I don't like it.
3: Yeah. And look, Zach Greinke, as everybody knows, has had uh, issues before with social anxiety. And we love Zach Greinke because he's so honest and he'll sit on the mound mm-hmm. and Joe, he won't care. He'll throw a tube and then throw a curveball right at you. He's just a different kind of guy. But it's just interesting to hear from an athlete to be so honest Credit and for that.
2: SportsGrid.com: betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: got to take a game off the board in college football for this week florida and lsu postponed due to Several players testing positive for COVID-19 and uh, the Gainesville Sun reporting that two staff members test positive today. So uh, the report basically says at this stage, Florida is going to be put on pause until Monday. We'll see if hopefully they can continue their season next week. And also we may have some news on Mississippi as Ole Miss is having COVID issues as well. So with college football back, we're going to have these things. And, of course, the Big Ten begins next week too. So uh, games postponed, some games on, no different than the NFL. We're sitting in that same scenario as we are here in all sports in 2020. But unfortunately for me, that's my Gators on Saturday. So that's that's not fun. I don't get to watch
4: them. No, I know. Disappointing for you. I know it's going to kind of ruin the Saturday a little bit. I get I get sense that I get Whenever you make this face, I know you're really not happy about something. And then I can understand why. But you know, it's just the irony is not lost on any of us of so the pounding of the table for a full capacity stadium. Meanwhile, <laughs> you have the full capacity stadium and nobody playing on the field. It's kind of a problem. So, I mean, I just, just oh, Florida. Oh, Florida, you, you. you. sad. look funny. Oh, a bad look for Dan
3: Mullen, for sure. Head. And he's my guy. He's my coach, but that was a bad look to say that he wants a full stadium and then two yeah. days later can't okay, even. Let's the just game. keep
4: everybody safe. Let's just, like, can we just keep everybody safe and try to play games and just do the best we can here? Can we just do that? Let's just do that. Let's just get through this year. Okay. Can we just get through 2020? Please. Can we just, we're almost there. I, and you know what? I understand that just because January 1st rolls around, not that everything doesn't vanish either. Doesn't it just kind of feel like at this point, Craig, that we just kind of need a fresh start? I feel like January 1st, everybody just says, okay, let's move on from 2020 and let's at least start to turn the page. I, I don't know, man. It's not like people can go out on New Year's either, probably. But uh, room in quarantine not. inside.
3: <laughs> yeah, probably not. All right, let's yeah. let's let's hit on some fantasy realities. We end the show today. Everyone was having fun with this one yesterday, predicting where Le'Veon Bell was going to end up. And, of course, someone will be right and let us know. That's That's the way that this works. But... All right, fantasy reality, Le'Veon Bell, teamless as of 142 on the East as we're doing this show live, will be signed before this coming Sunday. Fantasy reality, Joe.
1: I'm
4: gonna say reality uh, I'm gonna say reality because I think there's a need of a handful of teams here and you were spot on yesterday we were having this conversation about him and whether or not the team would give anything and I thought maybe get a conditional draft pick. Like, no no he couldn't even do that or whatever it was Adam Gates was like no I don't want to play him anymore I don't care if that's the only way to get rid of him I don't want to play him and this is what happens now he is released so now he can go anywhere so Sure, there's going to be the usual suspects there. Everyone's always going to kick the tires and think that it's the Patriots. Everyone's going to kick the tires, think maybe it could be with uh, Tariq Cohen gone. Maybe the Chicago Bears might want to get involved here. And I think those are two very interesting options of landing spots. I still think that the Washington football team and the New York Giants should get involved in this just because, just because that division right now is wide open. Wentz has been terrible. The Eagles have been terrible. Dak Prescott is. Out for the season, the defense is bad. I think this is a reality. I think Le'Veon Bell will have a team. I just don't necessarily think it's going to be the team everybody thinks it's going to be either. I think it might be somebody a little bit off the track, and uh, it wouldn't shock me if the Giants went out and did this. I think that's appealing if you're Le'Veon Bell. You get dropped into an offense here that um, with Saquon Barkley there was okay for the first week and a half or so until he got hurt. I don't know. I think you could help that team. I think the Giants could. You know, They, they played pretty tight with the Cowboys when they had Dak Prescott. They probably you could make the argument should have won that game in Dallas. I don't know. If you're the Giants, you say, hey, you don't have to move. Come play with us for a couple of weeks. Why not?
3: Yeah, I think any team is viable at this point. For me personally, I think he goes to a team that's that's competing for the playoffs. I understand the Giants are technically still in there, but I, I don't I – don't, I mean, they just signed Freeman, so I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, it's all a guessing game for me. I've guessed the Bears, but who knows. Uh, I will say reality also. I don't think he'll play Sunday, but I do think that he'll get signed – It took Fournette about four or five days. If this was a non-COVID year, I think it would be today. I I think it would be that quick. I think he'd be on a plane somewhere deciding where he wants to play. Because, look, he is a viable guy to play in the NFL. I don't know that he'll be what he was with Pittsburgh, but he would be signed by somebody for free. There's no risk, essentially. Pete Carroll has signed everybody for free in the last 10 years. So, I guess we don't rule out Seattle either, but I'll say reality. I'll say it will happen before Sunday, although – I think in fantasy, he's on your bench this week. I, I, I can't really see him being a big part of any game plan, that's for sure. Okay, yeah. last night, it's being used everywhere. It was the stiff arm seen around the world from Derrick Henry as Josh Norman was trying to tackle him, and it did not go particularly well as Henry just basically shoved him to the side. Now, Josh Norman, of course has been a pro bowler. He's been an elite corner for years. I don't think that he is that anymore, but he certainly had his day as an elite corner, and he's, I think, a 10-year veteran in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So there's something to be said for that, too. Fantasy reality, his legacy, though, is now being planted by Derrick Henry.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm going to say fantasy. I don't think it's his legacy. And um, I'll tell you what, Josh Norman had a good window, like a lot of corners do. You know, when you have a good pass rush up front, Uh, It's easy to be a really good corner, and sometimes those things go hand in hand. You've seen that historically happen. I mean, hey, take a look just right now at the San Francisco 49ers defense and how bad and how exposed that secondary's been ever since Nick Bosa got hurt. So just just think about that for a moment, if you will. But I'm going to say this. I, I think that Josh Norman had a good window of time. I think he was not good the last couple years, and the stats and the PFF grades will tell you that. I think it was really smart for him to go to Buffalo. It was a good scenario for him with a good secondary all the way around there, so he didn't have to be the number one guy necessarily anymore. But I don't think this is his legacy. He's a very good player for a very long time, like you said, and he's not the only one that has a meme with Derrick Henry. Just ask the Baltimore Ravens about all the memes last year in the playoffs, trying to tackle Derrick Henry and wave at Derrick Henry and all that stuff. So he is not the first person. He's not the last person even this season – who will get embarrassed in some way by Derrick Henry. However, that still shot is pretty awesome. When you look at it, it almost kind of looks like he's kind of like super kicking him or something like that. It looks like around a street fighter. So something. It's kind of a cool move there. If you kind of look at it in the reverse, maybe he's about to stop Derrick Henry. See, it's all about spin, Craig. It's all about spin.
3: Look, I, I'm going to say fantasy. I don't think this is his legacy, but I think that this is what we're going to remember him for, for the next five or six years. That's for really? sure. Because if this performance wow. last year, this is what we're going to be thinking of, and, and whenever we think of Derrick Henry doing it, we're going to pin Josh Normans in there. So it is a fantasy, and I think he was a very good player, but that was a poster move right there. And uh, and look, Patrick Ewing is a Hall of Famer, but yeah. if you want to go through iconic dunks of, of Michael Jordan, one of them is on Patrick Ewing, <laughs> and you remember when that happened, you know the picture that most people are mm-hmm. talking about. So, and and also Michael Jordan did, you know, the up and then the down and then the up to Magic Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, too, with the Lakers. So, all I'm saying is that it is not his legacy, but I also think that this is not going away anytime soon, unfortunately, for (laughs) for Josh Norman in that game.
4: Well, look, man, hey, I give him credit. At least he tried. There's a lot of guys in the Ravens last year in that playoff game that did not even try. At least Josh Norman said, it's just you and me, big boy. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it all I got. And Derrick Henry gave it all. He gave it all to him. And he planted him. And, and in all fairness to Norman, it's always much more difficult when the guy's running at you and you're running laterally from a balance standpoint anyway. Not to mention, he's probably, what, giving up, what, 60 pounds on the guy probably or somewhere nice. close to it. Derek Henry's a beast of a man. I don't think people really – you know, everyone sees that picture of him and Deion Lewis together, that famous picture. Ha-ha, funny. But just put him up against a regular, like, a tight end or a linebacker. Derek Henry's like as big as those guys, if not bigger than most of them. So in all fairness, I want to give Josh Norman a little bit of love here. Because at least he gave it a college try. Of course, it was an epic fail. But I think that shows you what kind of player you want. And I think you want the Josh Norman on your team. The guy going to go out there, he might get embarrassed. But you know what? He gave it a shot. He got planted. You get back up and you keep playing. And uh, yeah, Derrick Henry's a beast. I wouldn't want to tackle him.
3: So. No, and, and there's probably a lot of people that didn't realize Josh Norman was still playing in the NFL until they saw that last <laughs> Maybe. I well, they know, it they know now. They know now. They know he's on Buffalo for sure. All right. Uh, finally, let's close it out with this. Gotta be real here. Jose Altuve has had a very tough time throwing the ball to first base. They're using the word "the yips." We've heard, we've heard about this before. We've seen it before. It happened in the past with Steve Sachs. It happened with Chuck Knobloch at second uh, last year. It happened with Lourdes Gurriel. They sent him to the minors. He came back as an outfielder. Rick Ankiel, of course, is a pitcher. Steve Blass, as a pitcher, has happened to a lot of those players. Unfortunately, all of the ones that I mentioned had had to, you know, kind of alter their careers. So this is scary to think, but. Let's take a shot because this is the last game until this pot. This could be the last game until we see Altuve next year. So I would ask the question, fantasy reality, Joe, Jose Altuve will play the outfield
4: in 2021 fantasy reality. It's a great question. And I don't think it's an insane one. I don't even think it's a hot take to say it. I'm going to say fantasy because I think Jose Altuve is a pretty mentally tough guy. And I think he'll get past this. I don't think you are five foot, nothing, make it to the major leagues. and You don't have mental toughness. Um, and El Altuve is not a good player. He's a great player. I mean, you go back and look at the minor league track record of this guy. It's off the charts. A guy at 400 and double a one year, uh, last year, his road numbers were better. than his home numbers. So all the trash can nonsense you could throw in the trash as far as I'm concerned, but it's tough right now. He's in a bad spot and everybody gets in those down spots. Uh, the dangerous part is it happens in the playoffs and you have a whole long offseason to think about it, but Maybe that's the cure, too. And honestly, from a, from a physical standpoint, you could make the argument maybe it's time to move him off second base as his smaller frame is aging. Are you better off sticking him out there in left field? The problem is, is he going to have that kind of range at this point in his life, too, because he's had some lower leg issues, too? So I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to say it's fantasy, um, but it would not shock me to see it be reality next year. Craig, what do you think?
3: I'll say fantasy too, but I got to tell you, if I re-ask this question today, two hours from now, fantasy reality, uh-huh. Jose Altuve is starting at second base today. What do you got on that? <laughs> what if he makes it another throw, you mean?
4: Like if it happens again?
3: No, I'm saying, was... I'm saying fantasy reality. The lineup comes out today for tonight's game. He's starting at second base. Fantasy oh, reality.
4: Reality. Oh, so, huh? wow. Oh, you oh, go down with the ship. you so sure <laughs> are the Astros. you are the Astros. You get out with the ship. I don't think you do that to the, your your leaders of the team. You won a World Series with this guy. I mean, you just, you know, I don't know. I, I know, just don't see it. In you know the boys club. But you know the boys club of Major League Baseball. You think they're going to do that to Altuve? He's not Chuck Knobloch Ooh. and Steve Sachs. He is not the same player no, as those guys. No not. offense to Chuck He's Knobloch. He was a good player. But he was not Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill. He was not quite in that pantheon of guys there. And, and we've seen, like, you know, you said, you've had this happen in the past where there have been guys and, you know, Rick and being the one in the playoffs too, especially that I remember watching those playoffs that year and just, just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because he had been so good and he was such a great story that year. And then it just imploded. And to think that it could go from that to the deterioration of him never pitching again. And then the incredible skill set that he could turn his career around and be a good serviceable outfielder and hitter. It shows what kind of athlete that guy is, but that is the most dramatic circumstances. I'm hoping this is far less dramatic, but look, I, I get what you're saying. You're uh, backed up against the wall, but I don't know, down 3 you're really going to start making those kind of changes? Don't you think you're basically throwing in the towel before it starts if you do?
3: I don't know the answer to it. I, I, I guess, I get. well, first of all, I'll say fantasy, and I'll, and I'll guess he'll play second base, but I would mm-hmm. I would say that what is worse, starting him at second base, and that first throw from second to first is off, and another error, and having to pull him from the game, or just not going down the road, and then starting over in spring training next year. I, I don't know. I, I, it is a tough call for the manager to have to make. The call that you're describing is probably the right call. Is to is to put him out there and and let it happen, and everything well, it's probably. Dusty will be Baker okay.
4: making that call. He's an old school guy. Right, but, if, but if it's not. That.
3: It becomes force. There's no doubt. It becomes, if he if they have to take him out of that. Game, it, it absolutely becomes worse for him. And then he has to sit on that Joe for six months <laughs> going yeah, not into only next that, year. Now,
4: you know, it's funny how we didn't even bring this wrinkle in all the discussions we've had about the Astros. This is another postseason that's going to end miserably for Dusty Baker, which is kind of sad. I yeah. like Dusty Baker. But, you know, that's one wrinkle we have not discussed at all in mean, all of our Astros conversations all these many weeks and months. Here we are at the end again, and it's going to end bittersweet here for him, where he got the playoffs and he can't get that ring there as a manager, and that thanks for Dusty. I love Dusty. Yeah.
3: But I think he'll get another shot, and I think that he'll be brought back really? next year, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. We had to go through a lot this year with that team. It wouldn't be fair to do anything else. All right, we got our Sports Grid 60 coming up next, and then we got to stay so long here on this Wednesday, but we'll be back here for the Thursday edition of the show. Of course, there is no Thursday football, but Andrew Erickson will join us and go, and we'll go over all of the different options that are up for fantasy football.
0: On the grid.
3: Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia. We got you here for the next few minutes and then we'll be back on tomorrow's show, which is Thursday. We'll have Andrew Erickson on the show talking some fantasy football and of course recapping the games in the American League and National League Championship Series, previewing this week in the NFL from a fantasy football perspective.
4: Before we leave, let's turn it over to Joe
3: for his sports grid at
4: sixty. Joe. Ever since Joe Namath made his deal with the devil, it's been tough to be a Jet fan. Let's be honest, boys and girls. So, Jet fans, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to give you a hall pass, okay? And here's how it's going to work. Everyone will tell you, oh, you can't leave the team you rooted for your whole life. It's your hometown team. It's this. It's that. It's nonsense. If you're in an abusive relationship, what do they always tell you? Get out of it. Stop enabling them. I'm telling you, this is your opportunity here to finally say enough is enough. I'm putting me first. I'm going to live my best life and I'm going to take my fandom elsewhere because it's healthy for you and it's okay. And you have suffered long enough. So I want you to take this hall pass for me and I want you to use it. There's 31 other teams that you could take this hall pass and go be another another fan of and it's okay. No one's going to think any less of you. They have done enough. It is time for you to do you for the rest of your football fandom.
3: Wow, just parting ways with your team—that's that's a that's a tough pill to swallow here. Still got a lot of games to play. Jets could win eleven in a row. You never know; could happen.
4: Probably not. <laughs> Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. Uh, Joe Flacco, Frank Gore, yeah, look,
3: uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know who knows what. Last year, uh, look—I I, don't—I I, look. It's hard to argue that Jets. Jets have looked awful. Uh, okay, so Saturdays are, are meant for college football for sure. And, and I think that it was inevitable, but the, but the strange thing about what has happened with all of these postponements and cancellations, and this hits harder for me because, I, of course, I'm an alumni of the University of Florida, is that it's just, it's never even any of these teams get postponed or canceled. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Florida or if it's the Tennessee Titans or it's the Marlins or it's the Cardinals. It's just that, oh, it's twenty excuse still doesn't make you feel any better about the fact that you're having kids that are sick. And I think the important thing at this point for all of those teams is to make sure that they handle things the right way. And I'm hoping that my university at Florida does that for the next couple of weeks. That'll do it for the show. Thanks, for that, Danny for joining Zapia. I'm Craig. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya.